Welcome back to the planning 101 season of the Your Day Your Way Weddings and Events podcast. Today in episode four, we will be talking wedding budget basics and how to stick to one. After today's episode, you and your partner will be able to go away and work out a realistic wedding budget that you are both happy and comfortable with and confident that you can stick to. Welcome to the Your Day Your Way Weddings and Events podcast. I'm Caitlin Casey, aka Paradise Hunter, lover of creating amazing, memorable weddings and events. I am a graphic designer, event stylist, and organization queen, and I promise that this podcast will give you the confidence and know-how to create, design, plan, and nail your dream wedding or event from scratch. Join me and my special guests each week as we bring you useful tips and tricks to create your ultimate wedding day. To download my free five steps to nailing your wedding theme, head to paradisehunter.com.au forward slash freebie. Now, let's get to today's episode and begin creating your day, your way. Hello and welcome to episode four. I'm your host, Caitlin, and in today's episode, I'm going to walk you through some wedding budget basics to help you and your partner come up with a figure that you are both not only happy with, but also comfortable with. We will talk about the average cost of an Australian wedding, tips on how to reduce your costs, and what your top three wedding costs are likely to be. Just a little side note, everything I mentioned that relates to wedding planning in this season can also be applied to any event you have to plan. You may have a big birthday coming up, or an engagement party, or even a baby shower. The same principles apply. Getting clear on your budget from the outset for any event is incredibly important, so follow along and let's nut this out together. If you are after another tool to help get the ball rolling, check out my free 5 Steps to Nailing Your Wedding Theme. To download this, head to paradisehunter.com.au forward slash freebie and start collating your ideas for the overall look and feel of your day. So today I'm going to walk you through how to set your wedding budget. I know how most of us feel when we hear the word budget, but trust me when I say this is one budget you want to get right and one you really want to stick to. Some couples will pluck a figure out of the sky, while others will choose to bury their heads in the sand entirely. Some will have an approximate working figure based on what they've either saved or are happy to spend, but they never truly know if it's realistic or near the mark. So I'm going to take you through seven steps to work through, and at the end, I guarantee that you and your partner will be feeling really confident that you have nailed it and that you will stick to it. So step one, work out how much you can afford to spend and how much you are happy to spend, as there can often be quite a difference. You may be able to afford a wedding worth $100,000, but is that really how much you want to spend on your day? You need to be happy with what you're contributing and what you will need to sacrifice in order to save that amount. A wedding can be a huge financial cost, and the last thing you want is anxiety, ill feeling, or regret about how much you spent after the fact. You need to be realistic about how much you can save in the time you have, as the bulk of the cost comes right at the end so you don't want to get in over your head if you won't have the money to cover it. Try to have the money conversation with your parents early if you know your parents want to contribute. This allows you to, one, know how much you have to work with and how much you will need to contribute yourselves. 
Two, you'll know if they are wanting to cover specific items, such as the dress or alcohol. And three, you'll be aware of any other conditions to them contributing, like they may want to invite some of their friends. These may even be people you may not know. Be sure to ask these questions straight up and be clear on their answers, as you do hear horror stories of parents deciding that because they have contributed X amount, that gives them the right to make planning decisions on your behalf. Step two. Now, go and shave 12.5% off your total budget. Yep, your budget just got even smaller. I recommend that you do this as this will become your backup money to cover any over-budgeting and unexpected costs, such as your dream dress being $500 over your original allocation. So if you have budgeted $30,000, pretend you only have $26,400 to play with. We call this your contingency cash, which nine times out of 10 will end up being used, but what a bonus if it isn't needed in the end. More money for your honeymoon. Step three, split your remaining budget in half. No, don't stress. I'm not going to cut your budget again. Half of your budget will become the money you have for your venue. This rule works for every wedding. This should cover your reception, venue hire, food, including canapes, entree, main, dessert and cake, wine, cocktails and any other drinks. Be sure to be clear on this number and have this figure in the forefront of your mind when inquiring with venues, along with your per head price, which we will cover in the next step. Once you have booked your venue, adjust your budget accordingly, as many venues will have additional costs or savings that they offer. For example, if you require a marquee, this adds extra costs, whereas if you've hired a room in a hotel, then often there are extras included in the package. Before you sign on the dotted line with your venue, have a thorough look over the contract, as this will show any hidden costs that you need to factor in. Step four, work out your per head price. Divide the amount of money you have for your venue by the number of guests you have invited. This becomes your per head price. When you are inquiring with venues, many of them will quote per head, so it's really handy to know this figure prior, so you are aware if they are within your budget. Keep in mind that some venues won't include room hire, wine, corkage or additional menu surcharges, so if you know your budget will cover $140 per head, look at venues that offer $120 per head packages, so you don't have any nasty surprises. This just allows a bit of a buffer for any additional costs. Step 5. Decide on your priorities for the rest of your budget. The rest, meaning the other 50%, covers everything else. Dress, flowers, band, photographer, celebrant, videographer, stationery, transport, etc. And all of this can all add up pretty quickly. You may or may not want to include your honeymoon in this figure as well. So this is where you need to refer back to your non-negotiables that we worked through in episode 2. I will put a link to this in the show notes. What is most important to you and what are your priorities? Is it the food? the styling, or maybe the photography. Try to narrow this down to two or three elements, as if you have too many, it won't work. Also, get your list of things that are not a priority for you from episode two, as this list will come in handy down the track, when you unknowingly start to put emphasis on elements that were originally insignificant to you. 
Of the non-negotiables you have listed, allocate budget to them first, and then you will be able to see what remains. Step six, allocate the rest of your budget accordingly and realistically. Divvy up what you expect to spend on all your different suppliers from your remaining 50%. Go through all your items in order of importance and you will start to get a good idea of the overall picture. Don't guess the figures, get quotes from several different suppliers, especially for your non-negotiable items, before allocating a figure. Check that GST, delivery and service fees are included in the quotes. You can be loose on the general items, so for example, have an overall figure for your wedding outfit, then if you go over on the dress, you know you have less for the shoes, jewellery, etc., and vice versa. Don't forget to factor in hidden and last-minute costs, as they always pop up and can add up really quickly. Once you have broken down the costs and worked out what you need to spend on each item, then ask yourself, do I need this? Will it make a difference to the day? If the answer is no for either of those questions, then you may want to get rid of it. Step 7. Stay on budget throughout your planning. We all start out with the greatest intentions, but somewhere in the middle of planning, between all the money coming in and going out, lots of couples lose track of their budget, and many will simply abandon it altogether. That can not only be stressful, but it can also spoil the lead-up to your big day, when you should be at your most relaxed and excited. As you're probably still saving for your wedding while simultaneously spending for it too, it can be really hard to keep track of the ins and outs. I suggest setting up a Google Sheet or Excel spreadsheet, punch in all your budget details and allocated costs, and try to keep a running tally of the money that's coming in, the deposits and expenses going out, and the balances due at a later date. Make sure you keep tabs on your savings and your spending as you go and make adjustments accordingly, so you don't get yourself in trouble towards the end. So many couples will avoid facing reality until it's too late. Don't do this. You don't want to panic when you are six weeks out. In terms of booking suppliers and vendors, always start by booking your priority vendors first. So venue, photographers and bands tend to get booked early. Stagger the rest of your bookings throughout your planning, so you're confident you'll be able to afford everyone you have booked in by the time your big day rolls around. If you book everyone in at the very start of your planning, you will have paid them all deposits, which are usually non-refundable, so if you do need to cut back on things down the track and cancel a supplier, then you're going to end up losing money anyway. So that takes you through my seven steps to planning your wedding budget. I hope it was helpful and it gives you a clear outline of how you can set that figure for your own wedding. Now I want to give you some facts on the average cost of an Australian wedding. So in 2019, it was reported that the average Australian wedding cost $36,200. But it is also reported that a large number of couples spend up to $53,000. Crazy, I know. If we break this $36,200 total down, these are the figures for the different categories. So venue, food and alcohol was the biggest cost by a long way, coming in at $18,683. Then we had wedding attire and accessories, at 4,271. 
photography at $3,983, entertainment at $2,896, flowers and decoration at $2,896, ceremony including your celebrant at $941, and finally other, which covers off things such as transport, hair and makeup, accommodation and stationery, coming in at $2,530. So when you see this breakdown, it's very clear that allocating 50% of your budget to your venue, food and alcohol makes total sense. So the top three wedding costs are generally, one, venue, which includes your catering and your alcohol, two, wedding attire, including your wedding dress, groom's suit, bridal party attire and accessories, and three, your photographer and videographer. Let's discuss 15 top tips for ways you can reduce your wedding costs. So number one, opt for a first look. Now some of you may not even know what a first look is or may have never heard of it before. So a first look is when a couple sees each other for the first time on their wedding day before their wedding ceremony. It is a private moment for the couple, away from the eyes of family and friends, and it allows them to share this special moment together in a more relaxed setting. Unlike traditional weddings, where the couple plans to see each other for the first time at the ceremony, usually when they are walking down the aisle. A first look ensures you don't leave your wedding for an hour for photographs in between your ceremony and reception, which in turn means that you don't need a package extension with your caterer and you don't have to pay for guests' drinks or catering to keep them happy while they wait for your return. Number two, repurpose your ceremony flowers. This is an absolute no-brainer. So much time, effort and money goes into creating arbors and backdrops for your ceremony and it only goes for about 30 minutes. Why would you not want to then have those florals moved into your reception and used somewhere for decoration throughout the night? Reusing floral decor is a great way to ensure you get as much use out of your wedding flowers as possible. Though you know the flowers won't last forever, the money you spend on them feels more worthwhile when you know they'll be enjoyed from the beginning of the day until the very end. Some examples of repurposing include Your ceremony arbour becomes the backdrop for your cake or guest book table, or it could even act as a backdrop for your guests to have their photos taken in front of. It could even be placed behind the bridal table to highlight the guests of honour. Bride and bridesmaid bouquets become table centrepieces or decoration around the cake or wishing well. They need to be placed somewhere, so it may as well be somewhere that they will be seen and have an impact. Flower arrangements or garlands become table centrepieces or runners. Include a wrapping station at the end of the night and have your guests take your flowers home as thank you gifts. Number three, have a Sunday wedding. Even better, have a boozy brunch style Sunday wedding. This is a trend that we are seeing and it is getting more and more popular. The advantages of having a Sunday wedding include discounted venue hire, discounted vendors and much more availability. Then if you make it a Sunday brunch occasion, it is likely to be even more cost effective. Everyone loves a Sunday boozy brunch. So why wouldn't you want to be unique and provide your guests with a different experience altogether? Number four, think outside the wedding venue box. 
Do you possibly have family or friends that have a really cool space or property or even house that they may be willing to let you you host your wedding? The savings you will have when you don't pay for venue hire are incredible. Damien and I had this luxury and did not pay a cent for the use of his family's private property. Now sure, we had a lot of other costs that people wouldn't have have with a proper venue, but imagine we had a higher fee on top of those added costs as well. So really think outside the box. Get creative. You might know someone close who has a home with a huge backyard that you love or a holiday home you have stayed at many times. I'm sure once you start thinking, the possibilities will grow. Number five, no open bar. This is an easy way to cut down on costs. It is not necessary, nor is it the norm to provide an open bar at your reception. Having an open bar with spirits and cocktails provided is likely to triple your alcohol spend, if not more. So stick with the norm and just provide beer, wine and champagne. If you do want to make it a little bit more special, provide a cocktail on arrival. At least this cost can be budgeted for. Number six. If you are supplying your own alcohol, buy alcohol when there's a deal. Alcohol lasts a long time, so sign up to receive deals from different liquor outlets and stock up on your wedding grog when it's on special. Or purchase a bulk order from a local boutique winery or brewery to see if there's a deal that can be done. Also, Dan Murphy's has a great returns policy if you're worried about buying too much. Number seven, utilise family and friends. Time is money, people. So by accepting help when it's offered to you, you're definitely going to save. Does one of your mates have beautiful handwriting? Get them to paint wedding signs or handwrite your invitation envelopes. Do you have a friend that works in hospitality? Get them to design your US signature cocktail. Or do you have a sister that's a designer? Get them to whip up your wedding invites and any other pieces that need a designer's skills. Number eight, be smart about your wedding dress. We have a few tips here. So check out non-bridal boutiques to find gorgeous dresses that you could wear as a wedding dress. Shop the sales, sign up to all the e-newsletters from all the boutiques and designers you love so you're the first to know when there's a discount up for grabs. You could buy off the rack instead of having your dress fitted. Then you can just get alterations where needed. You could even hire a dress. You're likely to only wear it once, so renting a dress isn't that crazy if you can find one that you love. Or you could buy a second-hand dress. There are plenty of different online outlets that allow brides to buy and resell used wedding dresses. Number nine, have a small wedding party. (laughs) Typically, the bigger the bridal party, the bigger the cost. Number 10, no ceremony programs, menus, or bomboneries. These items are often just tossed aside. You may think they are important details, but your guests will most likely not even notice they're missing. Number 11, no wedding cars. This is a great way to save, as let's be honest, majority of the time, none of your guests even see you arrive in your limo or vintage cars as they're already inside ready for the ceremony. Sure, it might be a nice photo to get in front of them, but be sure to ask yourself, is that photo really worth the cost? Number 12, and this is a controversial one, get married midweek. Basically, getting married any day other than Saturday can help score you a discount. 
Number 13. Choose a venue that is already stunning and doesn't need too much decorating. Just add a few flowers, some pretty lights, and you've got an unforgettable space on your hands. Number 14. Reinvent the cake. So long as guests have something to satisfy their sweet tooth, we sincerely doubt anyone will care how it's served up. You could look at fun and cheaper alternatives like a stack of lamingtons, a donut bar, cupcakes, cookies, or even a cheese wheel stack. And finally, number 15. Hold your ceremony and reception at the same place. The all-encompassing, one-stop place to say I do. Then party the day and night away. By having your ceremony and reception at the same place, you save money on hiring two spaces and also the travel costs incurred from getting everyone from A to B. So there's 15 really easy, simple tips of how you can save for your big day. So in summary, we've covered the following in today's episode. I have walked you through the seven steps to setting your wedding budget. We spoke about the average cost of an Australian wedding. And then we finished off with 15 top tips for reducing your wedding costs. After this episode, I hope that you can go away together with this clear structure and put together your wedding budget. Consider using some of those cost-saving tips so you are able to stretch your budget even further. And now for today's quick tip. If you know you're saving less than you plan to or are spending more than you can afford, please don't bury your head in the sand. If you keep tabs on your saving and spending throughout, you can make adjustments as you go before you get too far in. So many couples don't do this, then they start to panic six weeks before their wedding as they realise they're in way over their heads. That brings us to the end of episode four. I hope you enjoyed it as much as you can when we are talking about budgets and you're starting to get a really good sense of what your wedding day will cost and feeling comfortable with this. Next episode, we will be discussing the pros and cons of a wedding venue versus a blank canvas space or property. This is a really great episode to listen to if you are tossing up between going for more of a naked space and really having the flexibility of a blank canvas that you can transform however you wish, or a traditional venue that has everything set up for you already. Just a reminder to head over to paradisehunter.com.au forward slash freebie to download my five tips to nailing your wedding theme. And until next week, happy planning, people. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. To continue the conversation, head over to Instagram at paradisehunter and send me a DM. I would love to hear your thoughts and answer any questions you may have. Make sure you hit subscribe to get new episodes every week And if you're enjoying what I'm doing, I'd be so grateful if you could please leave a quick rating and review while you're there. I look forward to chatting to you next week. 